This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Okay, this is my son in the faith. If you don't know Jesse, this is Jesse Garcia. I want to explain his gift to you. He is an exhorter. He has the gift of exhortation. And we're just going to turn this whole thing over to him tonight. So you just go for it, brother. Love you. Too, I love you too. I love you too. Woo! Okay. Hold on one second. All right. So God is good, man. God is really, really good. Uh, Pastor Miss Pete, thank you very much. Uh, for giving me the opportunity to deliver the word today. Um, um, I am no pastor. I am, I am no, uh, I'm not called to be a pastor, but I could tell you one thing. I am a believer. Okay. And that is the most important thing is to be a believer. Um, there's no other, um, materialistic thing on this earth that I could say that would take that place of God. Not any materialistic thing. Not a new car. Not a new truck. Not new bowling shoes. Okay? Nothing. There's nothing. No softball. I haven't bought a softball bat in over three and a half years, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, and I did. And, and softball was, you know, it, it consumed my life, you know, and I allowed it to, you know. But anyways, that's that's part of my testimony right now, guys. Come on. All right. Um, like I said, I, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come here. There's a lot that I know I want to say. There's a lot that I know I need to say. Uh, there's a lot that I know God's going to say through me. And um, I'm going to try my best to try to stay under eight o'clock. Um, so let's uh, open up in prayer. Uh, Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we give you the, we give you the most respect because you're the most deserving and the most high, Father God. We thank you and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Uh, first and foremost, Father, we thank you for our salvation, Father. We thank you that you died on the cross over 2,000 years ago for our sins and for our sicknesses, Father. You didn't even know us back then, and you already knew that we were going to be on this earth. Uh, I'm sorry, Father. Let me rephrase that. You knew us. You knew us then, Father, and you died for our sins knowing that we were going to be sinners and we were going to be worldly people. You loved us so much that you had so much grace that you died and you sacrificed your only son for us, Father. And we thank you and we love you for it. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And I thank you, Father, that I will be the vessel that's used tonight to deliver your word. Um, and, and I thank you, Father, that you are no respecter of person, Father God. And, and I thank you that you're able to use me to be able to deliver the word and, and reach out to your people, Father God. And I ask you that in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So... Uh, when Pastor asked me to, uh, he kind of, uh, did it like in a hallway thing. He did to me and Lawrence. He was like, hey, so you know, I want you to preach and I want you to preach and when? This is when, this is when you're gonna do it. You decide your day. You know, so before, before it would have been like, no, absolutely not. I would have shined away. I would have walked away and no, no, no. I'm a great, great, I have a great job, uh, with deflecting. I have a great job with a gift of gab, blah, blah, blah. That's a worldly gift, if you guys didn't know, because um, it's our mouth that we have to be careful with. So that's that's in the testimony. So um, that, that's definitely in the sermon. But um, I was excited about it. I was excited that he wanted me to come up and give the word, you know, because 
Pastor's last message, not this Sunday, but the last Sunday, I encourage you guys, if you weren't here, please, I encourage you guys, get that message. Because that message touched me. It really showed uh, a more uh, different line of self-examination. You know, because how could you, as a believer, uh, how could you help others if you in your life need help? How could you comfortably deliver what God wants you to deliver with anointing if you don't have the anointing? Because at that point, it's all just muscle memory and it's all just you're lying and you're, and you're telling a lie because you know you're not living it. You're not applying it in your life and, and you know you're not being a doer of the word and you're just being a hearer, you know? So those were some of the things that I struggled with and I had to realize, man, am I doing this? Is this something that I'm doing? Because I don't want to do that. Like Miss P said, I don't want to perish. I don't want to perish. You know, and I want to understand the word. And the hardest thing for me to do, because I wasn't growing up in church. I didn't, I didn't know God. I had no idea. I was the best sinner out there. But that being said, um, there's a battle that goes on that we don't even know God's fighting for. God's fighting for our battles right now. We may be in the world and we may be sinning and we may be lying and we may be gossiping and we may be telling stories or indulging in the wrong conversations with people. But it's um there's that battle that he's fighting in that spiritual realm for us. Because we're his children, although we're lost, when when we're lost, he's still fighting for us. We don't even know it. You know that that saying about the footsteps in the sand. That's true. You know, in, in our fle- our flesh, we're thinking, man, where were you, God? Where were you at this time? There's only two steps, and there's only me. But it's true. It was at that time that He was carrying us. You know, and, and you know, I don't. I'm not a big cliche type of person. I don't like those sayings much on you know, live, laugh, love, and all that. I'm not. I'm not one to to um, have puns like that. Um, and here's why. We serve at High Desert Word Center with Pastor Samples that is a man of God. He hears God. He prays for us when we don't even think we need prayer. The calling that he has is way more, it has the opportunity for error greatly because he's responsible for us. He's responsible for his flock. And they hold pastors, and he said it before, they hold them to a higher standard and a higher responsibility. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't want that responsibility. So I'm fine being a, being a believer and being a helper, being in the ministry of helps, helping as an usher, nursery whenever I can. But God called me to be a helper. We're not all called to preach. We're not all called to teach. We're not all called to to be in the fivefold ministries, you know? But we are all called to serve. We are all called to serve. There's way more work in the church than we could ever know that we could do, you know? I, I had to look back, and, and when Pastor was giving that message, I had to self-examine myself, and I was like, man, is this stuff that I was doing, am I, am I gossiping? Am I not watching my mouth? Am I not, you know, walking in love? Am I not loving my neighbor? Is the public seeing me a, being a disciple? Because the only way to be a disciple is other people see you love on each other. 
You know, and if you don't have that love for one another, if you don't have that that um, passion that God gives you, then we're just doing it just to do it. There's no love behind it. There's no there's no passion behind it. There's nothing behind it. But um, when he delivered that message, man, I, I I took it wholeheartedly, and I felt like he it was nobody in the room. He was talking to me only, you know. And I'm not I'm not a um, I I mean I guess. You know, Pastor Dave says that, you know, there's no, uh, some people think that there's uh, some sinners greater than the others. Some saying that there's all sins the same, sin is sin, you know. And um, I'm, I, I guess what my flesh was allowing me to believe was, oh, it's not that bad of a sin. Oh, it's not, I mean, it's only a little bit of gossip. Or, I mean, it's only, it's only, uh, you know, it's only a little bit of time you're taking from your job. You know, you're, you're pushing that seven minutes to get an extra 15 minutes. I mean, I'm with a customer, but am I really with a customer? You know, so this is stuff that I was struggling with myself. I might not have been murdering or, or, or stealing or, or doing other stuff, but a sin is a sin no matter what. And as a believer, we are supposed to live as Jesus lived on this earth. And if we don't, then that's where we fall short. But... The most awesome part about God is that He is a merciful and a forgiving God. That He understands that we fail and we fall sometimes. But do we continue to stay down there? Do we build ourselves up? Are we pulling, are we pulling someone up as we're growing? Are, are we, are we helping? Uh, are we digging ourselves out of that hole? You know, because we could live in sin, but God could still bless us and He could still Give us things, worldly things, um, stuff that we think we need or we think we want. But when there's um, when there's anointing involved, and when there's a complete, wholeheartedly deliverance of your flesh, and you're and you're completely James four seven in, and you're submitting yourselves to Him, and that it's at that time where you could tell the devil, split, get out of here. Because he gives us the authority to, man, you know what? Pastor says it all the time. I want to stick to my notes. You know, I want to stick to my notes. But um, it's just it's just me talking here. You know, so uh, he gave me a little message. I'm glad I had something prepared. Um, so we are going to read a little bit. And we're going to go to the book of, um, I believe it was Mark. Let's go to Mark. We're going to go to Mark. Oh, sorry. Okay, so the title of our, my of my message is "Don't be deceived by yourself." Don't be deceived by yourself. Um, it's our fault that we get deceived because we're not strong spiritually. We're not um, under the covenant, under the covering of God. We're not in the anointing. Um, if we're not here at church. Yeah, there's other ways to tithe and stuff like that. But if we're not here, how are we going to bring our tithe to the storehouse? How are we going to live under that covenant? How are we going to live under those promises? You know, God has so many promises that he gives us that we don't even know or could even imagine. You know, it says in the word that he gives us more than we could even uh, ask or dream, more than it overflows in our cup. You know, so the title of our message is Don't Be Deceived by Yourself. So we're going to go to Mark and we're going to go to chapter. Um, that's a little later. It's John. 
I even have my book open on John. All right. So we're going to John chapter 35. Woo! I'm sorry, chapter 13. It's verse 35. Okay. So, um, Pastor Dave has a great way of delivering the service with the three steps that he has, the one, two, three. So I kind of cheated a little bit and went with that. So um, there's three things you want to watch for. Um, you want to watch your mouth. You want to recognize the enemy. And you want to understand the spirit. Okay? So in John, we're going to go to chapter 13, verse 35. And it reads. Sorry. And it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. Just think about that for a second. You know, we, we live in the world and we're, we're not of this world. And we're not, our spirit man doesn't look to please flesh, doesn't look to please man, uh, doesn't look to please people. You know, it, it, our flesh wants to, our, our spirit being wants to please God and wants to do right by God and want to be respected by God and want to look at by God by a well servant, you know. And we can't be looked at as a disciple if we're out slandering our friends, if we're not walking in love, if we're hurt. It's our hurt that allows us to be consumed by sin. You know, it says in the word that uh, sin may come into your mouth or into your heart or into, into your body, but as soon as you speak it out, that's when it becomes sin. So that right there tells you, yeah, there's going to be thoughts that we have that's not of God, obviously. There's going to be thoughts that we have that's not pleasing to his eyes. But the moment we express it in our mouth and express it to the public, that's when it becomes sin. You know, so... We may think that we're doing our best on walking in love and, you know, uh, showing the fruit of the spirits and, and trying to be in forgiveness, man. When Pastor preached that message, there was a lot of people that I had to go to and tell them, you know what, I'm sorry, because I wasn't living how I should have been, and I know it, and I owe you an apology, and, and you know, and that's something that I had to do before I came up here, because... I rededicated my life completely to the Lord a couple days ago. And I reshifted my gears to full blast in the ministry, love and anointing. And I want to be in his overflow. I want to be in the land of milk and honey. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to think on judgment day, man, and what's he going to talk to me about? You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. We're going to leave when he comes back for us. We're not going to stick around and, and be on this horrible earth when it's like that. I don't want to be left behind, you know. And when we're in sin and we're not living how we should, sickness comes, uh, strife comes. Um, you start not believing in yourself. Uh, you start looking at yourself as a failure. And, you know, if you're not under that covenant, then there's nothing to, there's nothing to protect you. You're not protected by anything. You know, I don't know about you, but if I was only protecting myself in this world, I would have been dead a long time ago. You know, and I thank the Lord that there was a grandmother out there praying for me that was sowing a seed uh, for me and was planting a seed 
somewhere for me that I didn't even know. And I thank my grandma to this day that um, that she was doing that. She was praying for me, you know. And um, I don't know, man, not too many people know, but there was a little Asian girl that was living with me for the last two years. Uh, it was my little sister, Sarah. You know, and it was it was a pretty tough time. You know, my mom had a... Um, had been lost in the world, and, and you know she was stuck in, the, in her drug addiction. And my sister wasn't living in the place that she should. And I went in, and we, we saved her, and we went over there, and we showed her the love. And I say, come with us. You know, my um, I thank the Lord every day that my mom finally got delivered from drugs. She gave herself to the Lord. She got delivered from drugs, and that was something that I wanted my sister to see and experience because I knew my mom was capable of doing it. I did it. I know it was possible. You know, a lot of the a lot of people like to do um 12-step programs and stuff like that. Well, you know what? That wasn't for me. I did the one step. Jesus. You know, I did the one step. You know, and not walking in love with one with one another uh, uh allows uh the devil to walk in that open door that you gave him to throw stuff in your mind to to hurt your pocket to uh your car breaks down, uh, uh, you and your wife start fighting, your kids are failing in school, and then we're in the back of our head like, man, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm going to church the one time a month that I do. I'm going to church. You know, I read my Bible notification app. You know, like, I read it. You know what I mean? It comes to me, and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, that's a good word. You know, I read other people's posts. I'm, I'm reading the word, right? No. You may be reading the word, but you're not living the word. You're not receiving the word, you know. So we're also going to look in Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew real quick. Matthew 15. All right. And uh, when God was giving me this little message, um, he kept adding stuff, you know, and just kept adding stuff and adding stuff and stuff I was altering and taking out and, and, and you know, and I know why. Because there was people that's going to be here that needs to hear it. And there's people that's going to be here that wants to hear it. And uh, I just pray that they have an ear. Let them hear, you know. Um, so uh, uh, Matthew 15. And we're going to go to verse 11. All right, Matthew 15, 11. And it says... It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. So, obviously the Lord was speaking through my overflow already because I, that's exactly what I said ten seconds ago. You know, it's not sin until you express it. You know, so be cautious with what we say. We want to watch our mouth because it's our mouth that's ultimately going to get us in trouble. It's our mouth that's ultimately going to speak out the wrong things. You know, the Lord created the world with just words. So words are powerful. You know, so words are powerful. So when you're telling yourself you're a failure, you're believing it. When you're telling yourself, when your flesh is telling yourself you're doing the right thing for God, continue, you're good. Don't be deceived by yourself. Don't let your mouth deceive you. You know, it's... It's like it's like you're walking in a field and you're seeing perfect, man, and you're walking 20-20 vision with no glasses in, and you see the end of the tunnel, man, and you're walking with God and you're seeing him, 
And you see that light. You see what you're supposed to do. That fire is burning because you're getting closer to it. And your tunnel's right there, and, and you're following it. And then the devil gets mad, and he starts throwing rocks at you. Sorry, Ms. P. I had to add a visual real quick. He started throwing rocks at you. As you're walking this line, and you're straight, and, and he's throwing rocks at you. The, these rocks may not be actual rocks. They might be your family members yelling at you. They might be your friends lying about you. They might be your animals hurt. They might be your mother-in-law sick. You know, those are the rocks that the Lord's throwing at you. So he's trying to throw you off course. And you just need to stick that race. You stay on that race. Don't allow, don't allow the devil to, to get you off that track. But it's as soon as we take our eyes off of Jesus, as soon as we, just for that quick second, just for that quick second, we took our eyes off of Jesus. You know, so it's at that time where that door is open. Now, now, now the devil's like, yeah, I'm going to start throwing people. I'm going to start throwing other stuff. I'm going to bless them a little bit. I'm going to give them some money. Let them find a thousand bucks. You know, but in our mind, our spirit being is saying, you're not going to church. You're not serving. You're not under the covenant. You're not tithing. You're not offering. You're not sowing seeds. You're not walking in love. You're strife. You're fighting. Your spirit being knows that. But are you deceiving yourself through your flesh? Are you living through your flesh? Your flesh is going to tell you, man, look at you. Gifts and surprises. Funny money. Thousand bucks. And absolutely not. See, the devil could bless us in his way to kind of whirl us in and hook us a little bit. He could hook us a little bit by, by lying to us and thinking, oh, God's, God's the one blessing you. So what we have to do is we have to watch ourselves and watch our mouth because it's us that will allow uh, sin in our life. You know, Miss P did uh, a Miss P and Pastor did a marriage seminar a few years back, and they had um, visuals. Miss P loves visuals. I absolutely love her visuals. I even had in the sermon, Miss P, I did this for you. You know, because she loves visuals. And as a person in our flesh, as a person visually looking at things in our flesh, we could see it. So our flesh is like, man, we see it, so we believe it. We see it, we believe it. But that's just our flesh. Now, if we're living in our flesh, we may not be seeing it. We may, we may just looking at, man, she's just throwing rocks on dirt? Was she just throwing rocks on, was she just throwing dirt on rocks? No, there's spiritual things happening that we need to understand. And if we're not under the covenant, if we're not receiving the word, if we're not hearing the word, if we're not being doers of the word, we're not living under his covenant. We're not protected. You know, so shame on us for allowing our flesh to make our mind believe that we are protected. Because we're not. We're not. You know? And when we finally realize what Miss Key's visual was about, it was God first. Spouse. Children and then work, or serving at church and stuff like that. Now, don't get it Don't get it a little confused. Serving at church isn't God first. It's not God. It, serving at church is just something that we're supposed to do. They're supposed to serve at church. That's just something like greeting. They're supposed to serve at church. But being God first is not serving only. Being God first is being God first. Not before your wife, not before your kids, not before your family. It's okay 
to call off when you have sick time at work. Why is, is, should it be okay to call off at church? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, there's so many times where I looked at, I'm like, and, and, and Desiree could vouch for this. Obviously, the devil tries so hard when there's service days on Wednesdays and Sundays, because those are the days that, man, something pops up. Something pops up. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. You know, I'm going to get caught up. I don't get caught up. I got to do this. Or, or, it's like it's the weekend, man. I don't have to work. I don't have an obligation to be there. Flesh speaking. You do have a spiritual obligation. There is a spiritual obligation. But you're not obligated. You're not, you're not, look, you're not here for a paycheck. You're not serving God for a paycheck. You're not, you're not here in church for a paycheck. You go to work for that. You go to work for a paycheck. So when we call off on God, it's not hurting us financially, but it's hurting us spiritually, you know? And our flesh is like, man, you might have had a little splinter and you still called off on God, but you're dying from your nose and your ears and you're still at work. You know what I mean? So think about that for a second. Where's your priority at? Is your priority work or is your priority God? And this is stuff that I didn't know I was dealing with myself. And, and I mean, I might be over-exaggerating a little bit on, on uh, think, um, I, listen, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to think that I've been sinning for the last million years, Pastor. Sidebar, guys, hold on a second. This is between me and my shepherd. Don't, I don't want you to feel like I've been sinning for the last years. Because I'm not. It's just, it's just things that I knew that I was deceiving myself. I was blinding myself. You know, you, 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 you know, as you're walking through that tunnel, as you're walking through that light, God gives you, and you're in that covenant, you're spiritual, and you're, and you're doing what you're supposed to be. You're tithing, you're serving, you're giving, uh, and you're doing right what you're supposed to be doing. He gives you spiritual goggles to not Look away. To not get deceived. Now, those spiritual goggles only work if we clean them. If we don't clean our spiritual goggles, we're looking through the dirt. We're looking through the mud that we're gathering. We live in the desert, man. You know, when it rains, mud comes on the refrigerator. You even know. The refrigerator's inside. You know, so if you're, if you're blinded by mud in your eyes and you don't clean your eyes, And this is what I mean by that. Cleaning your spiritual goggles is crucifying your flesh daily. We work in the world. We serve in the world. There's our mission field in the world. But our spirit being is around that all the time. It's around that all the time, so it's getting on us. You know, overspray. I don't know if you guys spray any spray paint or whatever like that. I've tried it before with Jesse. I, I only spray myself. You know, so there's overspray. You know, and, and trust me, he's like, man, I'll hook you up here. I'll give you like 20 bucks or 100 bucks to just hold the cardboard. And I couldn't even do that right. So when it comes to painting, I bomb it so I won't get asked to do it again. You know, because I absolutely just, but anyways, that, there's overspray when you're painting. And you're wasting a lot when you're painting. And that's stuff that you have to account for in when you're budgeting and stuff, you know. But when you're walking in that, and you're walking that straight line with the Lord, there's conflict around you. There's strife around you. People are fighting around you, arguing, people dying, people 
not getting delivered, not serving the Lord, all around you. People drinking, coming drunk, getting stoned in the bathroom. There's a lot of things that are going on while you're at work or while you're in the world that we need to, we need to get off of us. And when you crucify your flesh, with your flesh, you're, you're basically, you're basically telling your body, listen flesh, I am crucifying you. You are dead. Your flesh will not be the liver. Your flesh will not be the one control. The spirit being is in control. So when you're crucifying your flesh, you're saying your flesh has no control over you. So we're supposed to do that every day. And if we don't do that every day, if we don't put on the armor of God, if we don't put on, uh, 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 if we don't get the tools that we're supposed to, more mud's going to get thrown on us. Stuff, overspray is going to get on our glasses. Overspray is going to get on our goggles. And, and we're thinking that we're looking through something, but it's really a speck that's in front of Jesus. And that speck is what you let in, you know. So if your mouth is, I'm sorry, Mrs. P, you told me to stop at 8, that's 7.45. Sorry. And I'm only on step one. Okay, okay, I'm going to speed up a little bit. Okay, so um, if you don't crucify your flesh, obviously you're not going to be living under the covenant. Next step. Okay, so uh, recognize the enemy. Let's go to John 10. Everybody knows where we're going. Let's recognize this enemy. Let's understand this enemy. Let's see what this enemy has in store for us. Okay. We are going to John 10, 10. Woo! Hallelujah! Okay. John 10, 10. Here we go. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. See, I, I'm going to read the New Living Translation because that confused me a little. In other words, the Lord comes so that we have, may have life and have it more abundantly. So by understanding and recognizing the enemy, if something's in our life that's stealing, killing, destroying, where is that coming from? The devil. Now, stuff's in our life that's giving us an abundance. Uh, stuff in our life that's blessing us, stuff in our life that's touching us, where's that coming from? From the Lord. So that right there, if this is the most important thing that you ought to do, recognize the enemy. Because I grew up with a lot of worldly people, and they thought that they were spiritual, but they were just a religious person going through the motions, you know? And they're like, oh, you know, the Lord won't give you too much you can handle, you know, you know, um, you know, stuff that you know is not of God. You know, oh, you know, the Lord wouldn't have took your son from you if, if it wasn't meant to be. You know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't God's plan, it wouldn't have happened. You know, and that's stuff that we're telling ourselves. That's stuff that we're feeding his children. You know, if we're deceiving other people, those are God's children. We're not responsible for those people. Those are God's children. So think of it as walking around with Hedemias or Honus. Would you think to just steal anything from him or killing anything on him or destroying anything on him? Absolutely not. Well, we're his children, so we should look at it like that. Well, why should you hurt it? Why are you hurting this person? It's only hurting you in the long run. Um, why are you walking in unforgiveness? It's only hurting you in the long run. That's why I had to 
crucify my flesh and, 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 and walk in forgiveness. You know, James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Think about that for a second. Submit. That's the word that women hate the most. Submit. You know, think about that. If you're submitting yourself to the Lord, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Submit yourself. Don't submit yourself and your family. Don't submit yourself and your job, yourself and your dog, yourself and your mom, yourself and your sister. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. Resist means to just resist him, man. Just stay away. Be like a magnet in reverse, pushing away. You know, resist him. And then what does it say after that? He will flee. Woo! Hallelujah. That means that if you tell the devil to flee, he has no choice but to flee. Get out of here. Flee. So, that may work only if you're submitting yourself, therefore, unto God. Of course you could say, well, the, the, the Lord said, yeah, you have to flee. Now get out of here. Why aren't you leaving? Are you submitting yourselves? Are you tithing? Are you giving offerings? Are you walking in love? Are you being spiritual? This is the most important part. Are you feeding your spiritual being? How? Yeah, yeah, there's sermons you can hear on podcasts. There's sermons that you can hear on the radio. There's songs that could touch you. And, and believe me, I, I am one believer of some songs, man, because they, 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 they could touch your heart. And man, that's exactly what I'm going through. But then you have to understand that that's only a song. And you can't depend on the promises of that song if you're not submitting yourself. So, try to speed it up a little bit here. You want to open your mouth. You want to recognize the enemy. And this is the cool part. You've got to understand the spirit. Okay? That's number three. Understand the spirit. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, there is a spiritual battle going on right now that we don't see. And the only reason why we don't see it is because we got blinders on. You know, we know there's a spiritual battle going on. Let's be a part of that spiritual battle. Let's be a conqueror in that spiritual battle. Yes, it's okay to let God fight your battle for you. But how greater as our flesh would feel if we conquer and defeat that battle ourselves. You know, and people say, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's that, it's that struggle that's going to make you stronger. You're going to be stronger through that struggle. This is where you got to understand a little bit. That's fleshly talking. That's not spiritual. That's not understanding the spiritual realm. It's not your battle or your mountain that you move away or your mountain that's in front of you that, that defies you. It's not your mountain that is, is given to you by yourself through the devil that defies you. It's what you do when that mountain comes to you. How you conquer that mountain is what we need to focus on. That's the spiritual realm. That's the, that's the mountain. Mark 11:23 says, move that, you ask that mountain moving, it will move. But don't doubt in your head and you have to believe 
that the things you say will come to pass. So, understanding the spirit realm is something that our flesh will never understand. Our flesh will... Now, we could... We could alter our flesh to live for Jesus by crucifying it daily. We could... Our flesh could fill the Spirit, but our flesh will never understand the Spirit because that's what the Spirit beams for. It's that small, it's that still, small voice that you have to listen to that you see at that end of the tunnel that's being thrown at you. And that's that still, small voice that you have to pay attention to. Keep your eyes focused on that. Yeah, it may not be in our timing because that's what our flesh wants. But we're ought not to live by our flesh. We need to live through the Spirit and like God and, and, and by, living, by living how we should, by walking in love, by tithing. There's so much basics, basic 101 stuff that we need to do that will give us way more blessings than being a meat-eating Christian. You know, um, now being a meat-eating Christian, you won't get blessed less. You're just going to get blessed differently because you're going to get blessed by your spirit. You're going to get blessed by seeing your kids prosper. You're going to get blessed by your seeing your kids serve. You're going to be blessed by walking in and, man, I don't believe that you did that in your past. That's what blesses you. You know, I talk to people all the time and, and tell them stories of what I did. And, and, and Jesse could attest to this too, man. He's lived, he lived a hard life. He's been shot five times and he's still here. He's still here. Sorry, Tupac. You know, but there was a lot of stuff in my life as a child that I thought I was doing good. Like, oh, never mind. I don't want to go too much in my BC. <laughs> so here's the thing, man. I was the best sinner out there. I stole cars. I stole. I stole purses. I beat people up. I shot people. I've been shot at. Never been shot. Thank you, Jesus. Never been shot because I probably that shot would have took me out. It would have went into my belly, dead. You know what I mean? So I thought I was doing something right, you know. But it's when uh, when I really met Jesus, when someone's seed that was planted in you was watered by a divine appointment. You guys understand that part? So as we're walking around every day, and we're being bold, and we're walking Christians, we're being a believer. We're planting seeds. We're planting our seeds just by our testimony, just by our walk with God. We don't even know we're planting seeds, and we're planting seeds, you know, by your own walk, by you doing the right thing, staying on track, not, if we're doing this, people are seeing us. You know why? It's because of the light. There's a light that shines through us that shows people he's different. What is that? What is that? I want that. Why are you so different? Why are you so happy? You're fat and ugly. Why are you happy? You know, but little do you know, this might be a glorified body, you guys. Okay, when we all go to heaven, this might be the glorified body. You know what I mean? So, who knows? But, um, what I really want you guys to focus on today is understand that pastors has a greater responsibility the only responsibility you have is to yourself. Obviously, there's more responsibility after you get yourself in tune, after you get yourself right on that line, 
wiping off that mud, after you, after you get right, there's stuff that we still need to be careful for. Pastor may have a, a, a blessed life, and it's not because it's not because of his struggles. It's because of how he conquered his struggles. You know, his son almost died of leukemia. You know what I mean? I I I, I won't be able to fathom that. But can you honestly say you have enough faith to kill leukemia like he did? A few weeks ago, I couldn't say that. I couldn't. Because there was stuff that I was doing that I knew I shouldn't, like indulging in conversations and just being dumb, you know, just just dumb stuff. You know, and 1 John 1, nine says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So let's stick to that promise. Let's understand the spirit. Let's recognize the enemy. And most importantly, let's watch our mouth. Okay? That's all I got tonight, guys. All right? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.